My wine is still in here from that stream. Oh, nice. You should definitely throw that away. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> it smells like Gak. Ew, ew, what? Remember Gak? Yes, of course I do. Yeah, that's exactly what it smells like. Gross. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. Good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello from the other side. It's my Adele impression. Um, that's amazing. I Thanks. actually wrote an Adele joke with that line on one of the postcards that I sent out for April. Oh, do you remember it? I think it? the joke was, why did... Adele crossed the road <laughs> to get to the other side to say hello from oh. the other side. Yeah, that, I was close. Scott. I should have known that. Close. That was real bad. I said that you see, ladies and gentlemen, because I just saw Andrea not that long ago. Like, I don't That's know. True. Like not, near hours ago. Hours ago. Fact. And now I'm looking at her through a webcam. It's the magic of air travel. Um, but so you might be wondering, hey, where's Steimer? What's going on? So we shot a show live from Hollywood. Um, oh my God. <laughs> that was my bit while we were recording in my um, suite. Um, so this week, as you probably saw or hopefully you saw, Brittany and I were down in Los Angeles in Hollywood for the Borderlands 3 reveal. 2K and Gearbox flew us down there so that we could get hands on with the first gameplay reveal of Borderlands 3. And we had a fantastic time. Um, we're going to talk all about Borderlands 3 this show so before we get to that i just want to explain like what went wrong (laughs) um so we recorded a full show it was like almost two hours an hour and like 45 minutes normal show from the Mm -hmm. hotel room um thought everything was fine did some tests the test came back okay um so then we sat down and recorded and wouldn't you know it um i got home today Today is Wednesday, and I went got went out to the studio to edit the show because I'm leaving tomorrow to go see my family in in Fargo. Fargo. And all of the audio was completely messed up, Woo-hoo! and it made me so sad. And oh. um, my wonderful unnamed producer that <laughs> likes to stop by the studio from time to time tried to help <laughs> me fix it, and it was just unfixable. And so, in order to spare your eardrums the pain. That is the audio of that recording. Um, We decided to just do a Borderlands-only special episode of What's Good Games. Um, We're going to do two segments. We're going to first talk about the news from the reveal, um, from the live stream and everything that uh, happened. And then we're going to talk about our hands-on time. So before we get to that, though, um, I want to say thank you to our fantastic Patreon producers this month. That's Lincoln Davis, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Atay, and Mohammed Mohammed. And welcome to our Patreon community. Our brand new patrons are McDog18, so Brian good. Parker, Brandon Bollinger, Lindsay Adams, and Kyle Potter. If you guys want to get involved in our Patreon community, that's patreon.com slash what's good games. We have a bunch of different levels of membership that you can get involved at. It's a fantastic group of people, and we think that you'll not regret it. That's right. So thank you to those uh, lovely people. We also have some fantastic sponsors this week. Those sponsors, of course, HoneyBook, Third Love, and Quip. Uh, we'll tell you about those in just a moment. But um, before we get to that, I wanted to ask you, Brittany. Yo. Was there anything from the news that we discussed that you think we should talk about? Just a so, couple headlines? <laughs> Don't go too much into it, but just bullet point them for me, and then we can talk about them afterwards. Okay, the only the good news is, ladies and gentlemen, so far it's been a very slow week for news. So, <laughs> yes, indeed. during the show last night that we'll never see the light of day, rip in peace, we <laughs> talked we talked about that Sonic the Hedgehog trailer, and then we talked about Valve's new Index VR headset, and then today the big news was Psyonix got acquired by Epic. Yeah, so that's weird. Hey. I would say, like, <laughs> if we were doing a normal show, those are the things we would deep dive into. But TLDR, Sonic the Hedgehog freaks me out. 
He looks very scary. I'm still going to see the shit out of that movie because I mm-hmm. even I chuckled a few times during that trailer. So like I know it's my kind of movie. Dumb humor. Uh, still looks very terrifying, though. I will be drunk when I see this movie. Good call. Are you going to see it? Um, If I can get drunk with you and then we could go see it. Hell yeah. This, this to me feels definitely like uh, I'll catch it when it hits HBO kind of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there you go. Or when it gets to Netflix. I have like no desire to pay additional monies other than my streaming subscriptions i mean it it looks it looks capital f fine (laughs) capital f fine the only cool thing that i'm at least a little bit like interested in is jim carrey's performance in um in our in our ghost show um (laughs) simer and i talked about how it kind of made us reminisce about a lot of um his old kind of classic performances liar liar bruce almighty um Ace Ventura. Ventura. So yeah, back in the day. Oh, we didn't say why Steimer's not here. So oh. um, <laughs> Steimer's not here, um, not because she's gone or anything, but because we decided to record this impromptu and she was literally on her way into the movie theater to see Avengers Endgame. And we're like, yo, we just got to make a last minute call because I'm going out of town. And she's like, but I'm walking into the movie. And we're like, we got this. Yeah. So she'll here be back we next week. Don't worry. She's probably... Three- the three of us will eventually be able to talk. She might be uh, crying her eyes out right now. But yeah, that's okay. We'll hold down the fort. But yeah, I'm excited. Jim Carrey looks great. <clears throat> Valve's VR index looks, it's very expensive, $1,000. But I'm interested in it because I like VR. But I need VR to be in a fancy. better place. I'm fancy. <laughs> I'll still be tethered wearing that though. I don't want a big cord. It's like a big science experiment. Big cord coming out of the back of my head. That's yeah, tethering. That's VR. Yeah. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We just summed up last yesterday's ghost episode the release the first part of it yeah can you believe it we rambled about those two stories for like 30 minutes i (laughs) bet you can believe it i mean (laughs) i say i can yeah indeed all right so before we get into the borderlands news let's hear from our first sponsor and that one is, sorry, I was getting to the right part in the show notes, <laughs> HoneyBook. <laughs> if you guys have a great idea for a business, what's holding you back? If the thought of all that admin work is overwhelming, HoneyBook is here to help you get your plan off the ground. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that lets you control your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. If you're a creative freelancer or a small business owner like us, HoneyBook helps you stay organized with custom templates and automation tools. You can even use HoneyBook to consolidate services you already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, and MailChimp. Over 75,000 photographers, designers, event professionals, and other entrepreneurs have saved hundreds to thousands of hours per year. It's your business just better with HoneyBook. If you want to get HoneyBook's special offer for What's Good Games listeners, they are giving you guys 50% off your first year with the promo code What's Good. That's right, you guys. You heard me correctly. I said 50, 50% off your first year with promo code What's Good. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. All you got to do is go to honeybook.com, use the promo code What's Good for that 50% off, and you'll get paid faster and work smarter with honeybook.com. Promo code What's Good. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to HoneyBook's customer service. They are fantastic. They respond very quickly if you have questions. And if you're like me and you struggle to put together regular business documents like invoices and you are tired of using the same Microsoft Word templates that everybody everyone else uses, uses. (laughs) Um, you might want to consider checking out HoneyBook.com. All right. So as I was saying, discussing all of the news from... The Borderlands premiere. So we actually got a little bit of news ahead of the reveal this week. And that was the new Borderlands 3, 3, excuse me, Twitch extension rewards program that has some in-game loot. So this write-up comes from Variety. It says, Borderlands 3 developer Gearbox Software and publisher 2K are teaming up with Twitch to launch an official extension that gives viewers the opportunity to score in-game loot by interacting with streamers they announced earlier this week. The Borderlands 3 Echo Cast Twitch extension launches on Wednesday, May 1st, alongside the game's first worldwide gameplay reveal. I was there, so was Britt. Oh. Content creators will play uh, and live stream 
You guys already know that. Hopefully you stop by our stream. Uh, meanwhile, viewers who link a shift account to their Twitch account can interact with the streamers in a few ways. They can poke around the streamer's backpack and check out their loadout and skill trees. They also have a chance to snag some of the same loot a streamer finds in-game via rare chest. And once these chests are open, viewers have only 30 seconds to opt into the event. If they're lucky, they'll get to pick a piece of loot they want to receive. It will then appear in their mailbox and scale to their level after Borderlands 3 launches on September 13th. Oh, yeah. We got some firsthand experience of this today. Yeah. So it was really cool. Um, We obviously were partnered with 2K and with Twitch when we were streaming directly from the event today. And when Britt was on, you found one of the chests. Mm -hmm. And then because you found it, I was able to go back to the same location, (laughs) do the same chest. Um, But it was really cool. We got a lot of response from people in the chat that they scored some cool weapons. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's some kind of mini game involved. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much a mini game as much as it is a game of chance, like a raffle. You know, if you mm. click on the thing, and then if you get it, cool, then you get to choose loot. Some Someone got the assault rifle that was in my inventory. I'm not totally sure if you can, if it's the same loot, if you they get the same loot that you have, or if it's, like, randomized, or if you can choose the loot. I'm not sure. But yeah, because some people, because we found three red chests over the course of our gameplay, I saw some people in chat were like, zero out of three curses. And then some people said, I got three out of three. So I guess it's just all a game of chance, whether or not you actually get the loot. But it's fun. Yeah, I think it's a really cool way for people who are in the chat to interact with their favorite streamers. And it's just an added bonus. Obviously, like you don't have to install the extension if you are like, nah, dog, not for me. Um, I did hear that from some people that there was like a pre-order pop-up happening quite frequently. Now, I don't know if that's going to be something that's in the extension post-launch. I would anticipate not because... Yeah. You know, you don't really need to buy or pre-order the game post-launch. I think the assumption is you have it. But I'm assuming that was purely a gameplay reveal promotional day thing. Mm -hmm. So... But we'll keep an eye on that. But it's cool. I think this kind of opens the door for Twitch and other publishers to have some partnerships. Steimer had mentioned when we talked about this before that it feels very similar or a replacement for uh, the other drop system that's already inside of Twitch. And she's like, huh, it feels like maybe they're going around it because mm. you have to pay for these drops, the other types of drops that happen with the other extensions. And so she was pretty skeptical about it. And I had the idea that maybe – Twitch and 2K made some kind of marketing agreement where they bought out X amount of drops for the total Borderlands 3 like promotional period. But who knows what that would look like. I don't think we would ever see – that deal would probably never see the light of day. But regardless, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if 2K paid for it or if Twitch paid for it. You don't have to pay for it. It's free for you. It's free for you. Yeah, it's interesting to think – Right now, it makes a lot of sense because people, you know, they're excited for the games to come out on September 13th. So for now, you know, they can watch people stream. I'm sure they'll have other streaming events before launch and you can try to get some awesome, cool loot. But then once the game is actually out, it makes you wonder, you know, are people going to tune into Borderlands? Like, let's say I'm just curious to know how how people are going to use this tool, right? When the game's out, everyone's playing it. I guess if you watch Twitch streamers as a regular part of your enter- daily entertainment, you know, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. You can watch someone stream in one of your favorite games and just get some fun loot on the side. Or maybe if you, the grind is getting real or for some reason you don't want to have to go find your own guns, you turn into your favorite streamer. And then if they find something, you can take it. It's really cool. And I think this can open up the doors for a lot of other games. I mean, this is just one example. Imagine a game like Diablo implementing this. Oh, my gosh. That would be wild. Right. Oh, all the loots. Oh, I love loot so much. Me too, and it's so good. Ah! <laughs> Remember today when the developer like spawned like 15 pieces of loot in our game? Oh, it was so fun. Oh. We're, we're going to talk to you guys yeah. about our gameplay um, you know, in our next segment. But if you guys want to check out this extension in action... Um, you know, there's definitely going to be some people from the 2K stream team that are going to be streaming Borderlands Monday through Friday from now until launch. Now, oh, I didn't know I want, that. I want to be clear, not Borderlands 3, but legacy Borderlands games mm. with the Twitch Twitch extension. Um, and I think that if there's specific chests in those games that you can click on it. Now, I don't know how it's going to work with Borderlands 3 specific loot. 
it, there's a lot of kind of like question marks around mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, what I did like is that this kind of can tie into some of the new announcements we got from the reveal this week into some more of the news bullet points. So speaking of loop, during the gameplay reveal with creative director Paul Sage and Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford on stage, they revealed that, yes, indeed, players will have their individual loot instance, and that means that you get your own loot stream Uh, all the time. There's no more loot sharing or loot stealing. This is very good. Yes. So super exciting. So they showed us on stage exactly how it's going to work. Essentially, if we're playing in a game and Brittany's level 10 and I'm level 20 and we take down a mini boss together – the guns that will drop for me could be different guns, but they would be level 20 guns, while the guns that will drop for her will be level 10 guns because they will be in her instance. And so we can look at our different guns. And um, I don't know if what happened in our stream today where they placed guns in the world, if that is indicative of right what's going to happen. That was just um, a thing. We had a developer near us, and he's like, do you want to see something cool? Like, yes, we do. And all this loot just spawned out of nowhere. So I, I don't think that's reflective on how this is yeah. actually going to work. And if you want to see that moment happen, you can go to our archive, our highlight at twitch.tv slash what's good games. And it should be uploaded by the time the podcast airs um, at youtube.com slash what's good games as well, because we were one of the few people that were able to stream that much gameplay um, and mm-hmm. upload it. I mean, they did invite, you know, hundreds of influencers and media to the event, but but we hit that live button real quick. We were live real quick. This is awesome, though, because I, you know, typically Jason's my co-op partner for these things. And for the most part, we have a really good understanding of Lou. And typically he likes sniper rifles and more precision-based weapons. And I'm more of a spray and pray kind of girl. So I like my shotguns and my automatic rifles and whatnot. So, you know, usually we don't want the same loot anyway. But if like a really badass grenade launcher pops up or some cool other gear, it's kind of like... Well, I wanted that. And then, you know, you get a divorce because of it. And no one, no one wants, no one wants that. So I'm really excited about this because when you do get a big pile of loot, it's nice to know that you can just kind of like take your time and pick and choose what you want and not have to worry about the other person picking up something that maybe you wanted to try. But also, if you want to be a loot bastard and steal all the loot from your friends, don't worry. That option is still in there, too. You can go back to the old (laughs) legacy way, you monster. If you want to be a loot bastard, they call him a loot ninja. I like my uh, version on, on stage. Loot bastard is probably a more accurate term because that's really what I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was <laughs> cool that they decided to include a legacy mode, a classic mode is what they called it. And I think what's great about that is if there are people who are playing high level that are trying to help uh, power level somebody and they don't really care about the loot, if they're like, listen, I got guns I like, I'm just trying to help my friend, I just want to play for the fun of it, then you can um, turn classic mode on and then you know the person that is playing with you is really going to benefit more the low, the low level person. And I think that that's a nice feature and it's certainly something they didn't need to put in there, but they're like, yeah, we've got a lot of long time fans of the franchise that liked it the way it was and so you can choose to play with it or not. Yeah, it sounds like they've been paying a lot of attention to what folks tend to like in these kind of games. Because the other cool thing that they're doing, and Andrea, of course, she was hosting all this thing, all this event because she's a badass. And she was chatting with all the development team. So she's like the encyclopedia of Borderlands <laughs> 3 right now. So I'm going to probably make some mistakes and she's going to correct me. So wh- how does it work if you're playing with like, again, I'm level 10, you're level 20, and you join my game. Now your damage is scaled down to the damage that I deal, correct? Yeah, so we talked to Paul about this, Paul Sage, um, on the post show and the live stream. So he's like, he's like, we handle all the math for you. But he's like, let me give you an example of how it's going to work with the damage scaling. So let's go back to the example I had where Brittany was level 10 and I'm level 20. So Brittany is out in the world and we've come across a mini boss and it's like level 15. So it's a pretty powerful enemy for Brittany. Uh, but she's like, I can do it. I can take it on because I want to get the, the really good drops um, and all the XP. Um, it would scale up to 15 for her. And then for me, it would scale to 25. So it would have relative scaling. So the bullets that I'm hitting, I'm firing at, it would feel more powerful for me as well, just like mm. they feel more powerful for you. Um, and so they, they're like, we handle all of the math behind the scenes to make that work. So you both feel like you're hitting the enemy at the same 
difficulty, if that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Ah, it's so cool. It's like they've thought of everything. It's like they figured out the thing that no one else has really been able to figure out. And that's really impressive because Borderlands, to me, is one of my favorite co-op games and not just co-op but it's a it's a shooter and trying to make that gameplay feel good is super challenging and super hard for it to be rewarding when you have an RPG progression built in. I mean, I remember when the original Borderlands came out, it was pretty revolutionary back then and all the way that they were mashing the genres together which feels so commonplace today, but I mean, yeah, that you're was right. a decade ago, you know. Um so I was I'm just really happy with everything that we saw on on the um on the reveal. So speaking of other new features, one of the big things that they announced is that Sanctuary 3 will be a space station. Oh my God. So because good. you're going to be doing some interplanetary travel. Ooh, I like the little accent you got there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, so this is a really cool idea. Obviously, you know, we've seen a couple of di- different locations in the Borderlands franchise before, but nothing to this scale. The biggest Borderlands game they have ever made. And we got a little hint, uh, some quick snippets of several different locations, including planetoids, which Paul was talking to us about as well. I'm just pumped that there is going to be so many different places to explore. He, The way he described it to us when we were talking to him on the podcast, show was we were really cognizant of visual fatigue. We wanted to make sure that people weren't seeing the same environments over and over and over and over again because we want people to stay in the world and be invested and want to keep coming back and keep playing. And I was like, dude, I'm there for this. (laughs) The desert was great, but in Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 2, it just got to be a little much. And I remember toward the end of both of those games, I just was fatigued. It just felt, you know, I'm getting like cool guns, sure, but it's just sand. At least I believe it was mostly all sand. It's been a long time since I've played these games. But when I think of Borderlands, I think of desert and I think of yeah. sand, right? Yeah. I mean, and we did get to see like a little bit of the Hyperion moon and obviously the pre-sequel was in you know, different settings as well. But you're right. For the most part, when you think Pandora, you think like mad max dusty world right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so i think that this is really great we obviously saw cityscapes uh britney and i played our demo on a place called promethea which looked really cool and the styling of everything that we've seen so far is very quintessential borderland so clearly they have more to reveal there but it was a really nice addition and a much needed advancement considering how late we are in the generation of this console cycle. It's Another great that, that oh, sorry, oh, sorry, I just want to say, I think it's awesome that we're in a spaceship because was at the end of Borderlands 2, I guess, spoilers, Emblem, I'm not spoiling anything, whatever, you're fine. No, it's 2012. Uh, this is not a, spo- you're fine. It's not a spoiler. Where you see all of the vaults and all these different planets and it was that holy shit moment. Oh my God, like this universe could be huge, right? And so it's cool to see Borderlands 3 saying, yeah, you know, this could be and we're going to take you to all these different vaults. It's not just like you have one little planet per game anymore. You know, you have all these different ones you can explore. And I'm really happy they're going that way. And I'm excited that this game is going to be much larger. Are they saying much larger or just larger? They said, oh, I I don't remember the exact exact verbiage Randy used, but he said it's by far the biggest Borderlands game we've ever made. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. By far. Yeah, he didn't like quantify it as like three times the size or twice the size or anything like that. But maybe that'll come later in the year. Um, Excuse me, because they did announce that they'll be at E3, which is just like five weeks away. Six weeks away, which is wild to think about. Um, They're going to be at Guardian Con in July, which I thought it was super awesome. So they're doing a big partnership with the folks that run Guardian Con. If you aren't familiar, it started as a fan-run Destiny um, Guardian Con, obviously. <laughs> and then they were able to add some more partners. I believe Fortnite and Epic Games are one of their partners. And uh, Bungie brought some stations last year to show off Forsaken. And this year, Borderlands 3 is going to be there. So we were kind of making jokes with Fran about how it's kind of turning into like the Looter Shooter Con. That's exactly but- what I was just going to say. I feel like it's going to turn into Looter Shooter Con. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, you can't call it that. You could maybe call it like Loot Con. Loot Shoot? Loot, no, shoot, you can't really put shoot in the name at all, though, right? Especially in Florida. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> so, 
Luke Con. <laughs> yeah, I could go for Luke. I think Luke Con's the right thing, but I think they're always going to keep a Guardian Con. But, yeah. Um, the guys that run that are really great, and they're doing a lot of um, uh, fundraising for a bunch of charitable organizations. Uh, we're probably going to be working with them on something coming up soon. I was just talking to them today, actually. But so Borderlands 3 will be there, and they'll also be at Gamescom Pax. in Germany and at the Penny Arcade Expo. They never called it PAX. They kept calling it the Penny Arcade Expo. Yeah. And I'm I like, noticed that's, that. That's PAX. Is that like a thing? Is that what the cool know. kids call it now? I mean. I, I, I've never heard anybody call it anything but PAX. Right. Unless you're real but, fancy. I guess the fancy folks call it Penny Arcade Expo. Us plebs call it PAX. But, I mean, by that time, that's going to be like two weeks before launch. So they'll have final code oh. at PAX. God, it's so exciting. That's really exciting. I wonder what they're going to do. Maybe they'll be, oh, I don't know. They'll have a mechanical bowl, but it'll be a skeg. Oh, I'm so down for that. And oh. everybody who rides it gets shift codes. Yes. Dude, let's do it. I'll pitch it to Randy. I'll call Perfect. him up and be like, Randy, Brittany and I had the best idea ever. <laughs> let's he'll be like, it. I love it. Um, <laughs> but I do want to talk about just a couple more news points that happened during the kind of press conference portion of the reveal event. So in addition to the things that we've covered so far, so we've got the loot instancing with the classic mode. We've got the the ship with the multiple planets and planetoids in different areas that we're going to. They also introduced this alt-firing mode. And that, to me, is really the one that I'm excited to see how it plays out. So Brittany and I got to test it out in our hands-on session with just a couple of guns. But essentially what it means is that if you hold down on the D-pad, it switches the firing mode. So one of the pistols that I had... If you held down the button and switched the alt fire, it would fire in full auto. And sorry, there's a mosquito that flew by, and I was like, "Get away from me!" He's mosquito. a friend. He just wants your blood. He just oh, wants to no. clone you. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and then the other fire was burst fire, and now that's a pretty simple gun. But the way that Paul was describing it was that some of these guns can go from you know regular like armor piercing rounds to like grenade launcher rounds and i'm like whoa that sounds cool yeah that was a rifle i had it was just a tip i because I, I didn't dink around with the the different modes the first time i played the demo but then you reminded me about it. i'm like oh yeah so i had a rifle and then it turned to a grenade launcher which is absolutely amazing and then i got this really cool weapon and it was smart uh, it was like smart bullets and so the one of the modes was the tracking darts and so how it would work is i would find an enemy and this is perfect for me because my precision in these kind of games is just shit. But there was there's a um oh god what's it called the autofocus feature that was turned on. What's it actually called? Where if you sh- you know how the tracking aim assist. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, aim assist was on, so I didn't do too poorly during this demo. But anyway, this this weapon I had. So one of the modes was a um it had tracking darts. So I find an enemy, I'd shoot the enemy with it. And then I could go switch to the other mode, which were the homing missiles. And then I could just shoot these missiles in any which way. And then they would home in and then shoot the person or hit the person that I had tracked. And that was fucking awesome. So this gun is made for me. Precision Dude, be damned. It's, it's That's what I love about what they're doing is that they're really just expanding ways for people to play. And you really get that flexibility when you're doing a PvE game. When you say, hey, PvP is just not part of our ecosystem and never has been and we don't really have intentions of bringing PvP in. Like we want people to go shoot weird, crazy psychos and have a good time playing together. I mean the most like PvP is ever going to get is the duels, which by the way, we didn't try to see if duels are back. Oh, remind me about the duels because I don't think so I ever duels did duels are like when you when you punch your co-op mate. That's right. I forgot about and those. Then you can like you can face off in a duel. No thanks. Um, yeah, we should we should have tested that out. We can try. It, it might not even been the build. If oh, you're lucky. Dang, I can't believe I opportunity missed. I'm sad oh, you well. didn't punch me, Andrea. Dang. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll punch you at E3. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we get oh the opportunity God. to play again, which I hope we do. <laughs> Um, and then um, finally, one of the other major features that they announced is uh, improvements to traversal and locomotion. So sliding and mantling yeah. seems like small things to add. But in 2019, they're actually becoming very commonplace features and they felt great um, mm-hmm. in the gameplay. And you would be surprised. 
<laughs> I said, you're like, Mantling, what is that? It was funny because when we were recording our ghost episode, uh, Timer was like, what is Mantling? And I was like, I think you know what it is. Maybe you just don't know the term. So essentially, if you're unfamiliar, if you like Steimer were like, what's Mantling mean? Uh, your in-game character approaches a ledge or an obstacle in the game and you hit a button and then they climb over it. That's what Mantling is. Think of it, it like... like- Mounting, but mantling. You're mounting the platforms. That's a good way of remembering it if you're like me. I see that look you're giving me, Andrea. Don't give me that look. You shouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> you're completely true. I mean, you're completely correct, right? Thanks. You're yeah. tr- truth. I, I am true. I'm speaking the truths. <laughs> but no, it's you're a long day for Brittany and I, okay? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, we're, we're kind of here, kind of not. It's great. But no, you're right. It's, it's a feature that, you know, it's funny because when they revealed it during the stream, I was like, well, duh, that should be in here. I'm like, okay, wait, the last time this game came out was in 2012 and it's been a while. And so now there are just some sort of staple features in games like this that you would just expect to have. But you'd be surprised at how many games don't include that. And it's kind of a a bummer deal. But now it's in it. It feels real good. And the sliding feels great, too. I swear you slide for like 50 miles. You just keep going and going. It is a luxurious slide. It is. It's like a slip and slide. It's like someone rolls out a red carpet slip and slide and you just get on it. You just go. And it's really great when you get the timing down and you slide past a, a bad guy and then you wake and you get up and you punch him or you shoot him in the head and their head bursts off. It's awesome. Yeah, I failed miserably at my slide and punch <laughs> You're attempts. You're trying to be fancy. <laughs> so this is like, I think my thing is that I'm just so trained from the Destiny slide um, that I just couldn't get the timing right because it was so it's such a it's such a long animation on the slide. Mm. That I kept like hitting the <laughs> melee button too quickly. And I was just like, gosh, dang it. Kept sliding right past him. Yeah, pretty much exactly that. Hip sliding right past them. Oh, and I didn't mention this before, but that um, players can now heal and be healed by NPCs. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Claptrap. Yeah, exactly. Pretty. Hopefully. Um, so those are some of the high level features. Um, obviously, you guys saw some of the returning characters, and like Zero was in the demo. Maya made a quick appearance in the demo. Lilith, of course, in the demo. I believe they also stopped by and talked to Hammerlock when you were on Sanctuary Three. We got to see Ellie. She's oh, back. She's the best. Yeah, she's running the Catch a Red stations, mm-hmm. and then I'm trying to think if there was oh Moxie, of course, Moxie's bar. Yeah. So. My gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> and that looks like such a fun area to explore. That ship in general, it just so, it reminds me kind of of, oh, I don't know what, like Mass Effect and Wolfenstein's like base. You have this big Ooh. ship and it's, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just like there's all these different rooms. Everything's laid out for you. It looks like an actual ship and has like directions on where to go and how to get there. And uh, yeah, now it just needs romance. And then it's like Mass Effect ship simulator. <laughs> Oh god. Romance. That could be fun. But there are there's never been like conversation trees in Borderlands. You know, I feel like in Borderlands though, you don't even need a conversation. you don't have to woo anyone. You just ask them if they want to bang and they're like, yeah, let's do it. It's Borderlands. You know? They're like we could die at any moment. Absolutely. It's, border- it's the Borderlands. A random boner two comes up to you and kills you, or a boner fart even, and then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those are enemies. Those are actually things in Borderlands. That's yes. the funny part. Um, okay, well, we're going to take a very short break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to deep dive into what we played, including the two Vault Hunters, what we thought of the new skill tree system, and so much more. Stick with us. We'll be right back. good everybody welcome back to the second segment of a special episode of the what's good games podcast brett and i are here talking to you about all things borderlands 3 but before we get into our hands-on impressions i want to tell you this special episode and this special segment is brought to you by third love third love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit 
Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and a premium feel. That's right, everybody. We're talking about boobs. Oh, yeah. More sizes than most other brands. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Plus, they are full of convenience. Skip the trip to the awkward fitting room where the women with the tape measure oh, yeah. come after you and they're like, have you had a bra fitting lately? And I'm can like, I leave me alone. You? you can skip all of that by going to Third Love's online fit finder or where you can order and try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. So what we love about Third Love is that they have this fantastic selection of bras. One of my favorite ones that I have from them is the lounge bra because mm. it's super comfortable to travel in and it's cute and kind of sporty and it comes in some really nice soft colors. Um, and the 70 sizes is way more important than you would think it would be because, man, I didn't realize how many different kinds of boobs out th- are out there until I took this Fit Finder quiz and then they show you like diagrams, like drawings. Don't get excited, guys. They're really like just stick figures. But they kind of demonstrate like the shape of boobs and they're like, you probably have this shape boobs. You should try on these styles. And I was like, whoa. They know everything. No, it's, it's true because you go to these, these in-store these in areas where you want to get, you know, your, your perfect bra fitting. But the thing is, is the bra, the sizes are so cut and dry is that you don't really realize how important these half cups are because not every there are countless types of boobs and bodies out there. You know, maybe you need something mm-hmm. a little bigger on the back, but a little smaller up front or vice versa. And not all brawls accommodate that. It's, it's important. True. Like these are your boobs. You got to take care of them. That's right. That's why over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. It's actually fun and take less than a minute to complete. And it helps you identify your breast size, shape, and find styles that fit your body. Plus, there's a 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it again and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. And they're available every day via text, chat, or phone. Plus, returns and exchanges are easy and free. Plus, that comfort and quality is hands down the most comfortable bra you're going to own with straps that won't slip. Tagless labels means no itching. They're lightweight, super thin, memory foam cups, mold to your shape, and are proprietary to Third Love. Plus, the newest member to the Third Love family is their line of incredibly soft, smooth, and breathable cotton bras. So, if you're excited about going to check out one of these Third Love bras, we've got an offer for you. You can get 15% off your first order at Third Love dot com slash what's good for your perfect fitting bra that's right 15% off your first purchase at thirdlove.com slash what's good today yeah next up we have another message from one of our other fantastic sponsors and that sponsor is quip you guys know all about Quip. We've been talking about how much we love Quip toothbrushes which for a long time now because they're just so dang good. Plus, you guys, it's springtime. So that means spring cleaning time. And Quip's got an easy way to start with your brushing habits. For just two minutes twice a day, you can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new kids Quip has the same two-minute timer and guiding pulses as the original version with no childish gimmicks so they can brush just like a grown-up. The new brush is the same as the original version, it's just tweaked for size down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products the adults in their life use. And they're proud to use Quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. It's got kid-friendly features like small brush heads, watermelon Mm. uh, watermelon anti-cavity toothpaste, and a rubber grip handle in colors the little ones will love. Plus, it's got that signature two-minute timer with the pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help clean your whole mouth evenly because Brittany 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes I believe it I I was one of those people I don't well (laughs) we do now well sometimes I skip the last couple rounds I'm gonna be honest Andrea I appreciate your honesty we're all flawed humans it's fine it's bad but maybe if I get that watermelon anti-cavity toothpaste I'll change my mouth (laughs) sounds delicious Um, if you want to be part of the Quip family you guys gotta go to uh, getquip.com slash what's good right now Uh, Quip starts at just 25 bucks you can get your first refill pack for free that's g-e-t-q-u-i-p dot com slash what's good to get your first 
first refill pack for free. And if you guys do check out that watermelon toothpaste, let us know. How it Give it a rating, please. I'd love to know. Yeah. All right. Now that that's done, let's talk about gameplay for Borderlands 3. Mm. Brittany. Mm-hmm. Yo. You got to play this. And you played exclusively, right, with Zane, the Vault yeah. Hunter? Yes. Okay. So tell me all about him. What'd you think? Zane, he's an Irishman, you see. Oh, I don't know what accent that was. That was so <laughs> awful and terrible. I am so sorry to my friends across the pond that I have offended. Um, Yeah, so obviously you have Amara, and she's the siren class, but I've always been someone who likes just the big guns, and I just want to shoot shit. So Zane was the closest to that. He's the operative, and you can play him a bunch of different ways, but the way I played him was I just had my my three big guns I like to use. And what's cool about him is that you can forego your grenade slot for another action action skill. Is that the correct term? Yes, it is. Okay. So the three things that you can do with him, his main ones, are you can clone yourself, and this clone will shoot things. You can even, I think you can even have your clone eventually throw grenades as well. You is can, that, yes. Okay, thank you. I'm so happy you're here. God, you're like the encyclopedia of all things. Andrea Wikipedia. Wikiandria. <laughs> And whatever, I'm done. Anyway, so yeah, you can do that. And then you could also erect a barrier that you can shoot through that can also have other properties as well, like Andrea, like what? Oh, so one of the cool things about Zane's shield that I learned from Paul, and the reason I know so much is because I got the amazing privilege to be able to hang out with so many of the Gearbox team when we were doing rehearsals for the live stream. And so he was showing us some really cool things in the skill tree that later on down the tree, one of the new things that they've added in to the three skill trees are aug- an augment system. And one of the augments for Zane's shield is that you can put an elemental effect on it. So if I'm standing behind Brittany's shield, I can shoot through her shield and my bullets will get an elemental effect from going through oh, her shield. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah and it, I didn't do that with my shield. The only, I'll get to that in a second. So you, I had the barrier... I had the clone, and then my favorite was the drone, and I named him Harry. Andrea named him Perry. And well, I thought you said Perry, and I asked you on stream. I go, did you, did you say Perry? And you said yes. So I, I think thought you said Harry. I think we're going to chalk this up to, like, you just misheard me, or I just misheard you, or both. He has two <laughs> names. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and so, yeah, so what I liked about him is I would get, because I like to do what Steimer told me in the ghost episode, Rip in Peace, is I like to face tank. And that is totally 100% me. I love to run just head on into all the firefights and just shoot things with my shotgun and my automatic rifle, spray and pray and hope for the best. Usually doesn't work out so well for me. So when I'm playing by myself, I have to play a little more conservatively. So that's why I always get the the barrier and that's why I have my drone. So that way I can just duck behind cover and let my drone parry or Harry do all the dirty work and then I can protect myself with the shield. And it worked out really well for me and it was a fun play style, one that I'm accustomed to. And then it was fun once Andrea joined in my game and then I can kind of just face tank a little bit more and I got to experiment with the little clone a little bit. But um, he was fun. You know, he's that's the kind of class I like to play. And I when I went to his skill tree, some of the first things I did, because they start you off, I think, with seven skill points, is I equipped my barrier and I equipped Harry. And then I increased my shield regeneration rate and the shield capacity. Because, again, when you face tank, you kind of need some extra defense. And then I also increased his attack damage while he's walking. Because, I, again, I run around and I shoot shit. And what it was really cool about is that normal walking speed, I was increasing the damage by like five or six percent, I think is what it was, which, you know, again, helps me out a lot. But I didn't get to check out his skill tree too far down because I was kind of just like focusing on what I was doing. But like Andrea was saying, there's some really cool augments you can do, which will be fun when you have, you know, the guys with the shields that are resistant to certain kind of elements. Then you're like, okay, you can go in your skill tree and then swap them out and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it's going to be awesome. Anyway, Zane was fun. He had a lot of quirky things he was saying, and I had a great time with him. I think he might be the guy I choose with. I choose to go with because he's so fun. He says things like shite, shite, and other things that Irish people say that I love. Yeah, I love that they're really turning the action skill system on its head by giving him the ability to dual wield them yeah. in in lieu of a grenade. Like That's such a, a neat idea if that's the kind of play that you really like and enjoy. In, in addition to that, you know, Brittany touched on one of the major overhauls to the RPG progression system of the Borderlands franchise, which is the action skill trees. So the three skill trees are back 
like they were previously. However, now each of those skill trees has its own individual action skill. So Zane technically has three action skills, and so you can kind of hot swap between them, you know, when you want to, or you can choose to power build a single one just like old school Borderland days. Now the augment system, which I thought was really neat, allows you once you hit a certain tier in the skill tree, if you guys remember in Borderlands, you put X amount of points in it and unlocks the tier below it. Um, it will also has these little sidebars um, that will unlock passive abilities that will carry with you no matter if you are still on that tree or if you decide to switch to a different tree. So which I thought was a really nice perk and makes it super rewarding progression-wise for players to, be, to say, hey, maybe I start with the sentry and I decide, you know, midway through, I actually want to put more points into the clone. If you've already unlocked passive augments with the sentry, you get to keep those buffs if you move over to the clone tree. And I thought that that was really nice. It just, a lot of the decisions they made continue to feel like we just wanted to make the game more fun for players. We wanted to be less punishing and more fun. We just wanted to give you a lot of content to play, a lot of opportunities to sync up with your friends and try different builds and put different vault hunters with different specs together. And most importantly, like we wanted you to be motivated to come back and keep playing. And it's not motivating when you feel like the skill tree system is punishing you. And I was like, yes, it's like you understand. It's like you've been paying attention. And what's also neat about <laughs> this is if Andrea, you know, she wants to be just like me and she tries to play a Zane character. Always. You know, oh, yeah. And so we both have our Zanes and our Parries and Harrys. But we can have completely different characters in terms of the skill set and the abilities. You know, she might play Zane a completely different way than I play my Zane. But they're the same character. So it's not like, you know, I think you and Simon talked about this last night, Rip and Peace, the ghost episode, where both of you <laughs> tend to play the same classes in Destiny and whatnot. And then you find yourselves kind of missing a big gap there and there's a weakness. But it sounds like this way, you know, you can balance out these characters even if you are playing the same people, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because previously in Borderlands, sometimes you would butt heads with people in your co-op group if you both wanted to play the same class, and it became like, oh, well, who's going to play which character kind of a thing, and um, that is now a thing of the past, which I think is really cool. So I got the opportunity to play with Amara, and I was always super intrigued with her the moment I found out she was a siren. I've always been a siren player. Lilith was my girl in the first game, and then it was Maya all the way in the second one, and so I admit, <clears throat> excuse me, that I was a little concerned when they were showing her face slam ability that she was going to be a melee-focused siren. And I was kind of like, oh, wah, wah. I don't really like melee gameplay. Face taking is for Brittany. It's not for yeah, me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. But then when we got to see her reveal and then when I got hands-on with her – I dug into her skill tree and her three active abilities are phase slam, so the ground pound, phase grasp, which is my favorite, Aww. which is the, with this giant arm that comes up out of the ground and then holds an orb in its hand. Very similar in look and feel to Maya's phase lock. And then she's got a phase cast, which I also tried out, where she um, essentially like pushes her hand out like she's doing a spell. And she sends out like a silhouette of herself that attacks the enemies that you cast it towards. And so I think it's a really neat way to take a magical class, but really kind of turn it on its nose and go, well, if you want to play like a melee mage, why not? Why mm -hmm. can't you? Or you can play Siren, you know, very similar to the ways that you played maybe Maya or Lilith. And so I'm really excited to dive into her tree and not just her skill action skills, um, seem to really resonate with me, but I just love the way that they designed this character. She's got this, you know, Indian background. She's got this amazing accent. She's got this super badass, like, haircut and vibe. She's got these amazing biceps and those abs, abs oh. for days. Oh, you can do all your laundry on those abs. Yeah, I mean, like, those, that's hashtag goals right there. Oh, my God. I like to <laughs> I would, I would never be able to eat sugar again. No, I can't live that life. I'll just admire her abs. Yeah, you do the hard work, Amara, and we'll just be like, you go, girl. Those yeah. dead abs. <laughs> Um, but she's a she's a super fun character. I'm looking forward to uh, playing with her a lot more and, and kind of seeing where her storyline goes. 
But let's talk a little bit about how the combat feels. So clearly, psychos are back. They've always been a huge part of Borderlands, and the psycho mask was all over the marketing at the event today. But the gameplay oh. felt so crisp and tight and then the gunplay felt really smooth and i just am so impressed by how far along this game is it was not surprising when randy said like this game is pretty close to being done we're just polishing now i was like hell yeah man yeah you can tell that this game has been in development for a while which is a good thing you know it's like it feels great you know we do a lot of preview events and we've even done some preview events where you're maybe a few weeks or a month to launch and the game just doesn't feel that great. And you're thinking, okay, like they, they have some time to polish, but it feels like this game could just be shipped tomorrow and it would be just fine. And I definitely noticed that it's just fun to play. It's, and I was just thinking about this, talking about the psychos and whatnot. Today or earlier today, Andrew and I were fighting these badass pyromancers, I think is what their names were. And I'm just realizing that their names were badass pyromancers and like neither one of us blinked an eye at that. We're like, oh, yeah, that's just Borderlands. Those are names. And, you know, if you see that name badass, that they're just going to be fucking tough as hell. Yeah. Just, bullet sponges. <laughs> yeah. You just get so immersed into this game. And it's just part of the culture and the, and the feeling of this game that, you know, you have things called badasses. And if you have the boner toots and the boner farts are back, it's like a chuckle. It's like, aha, but you're never like clutching your pros like, oh, my goodness, because it's so tastefully done. It just fits with the game. I don't know. Yeah, so absolutely. And they're bringing some gore back that they kind of toned down in the last couple of games that was present um, in the original Borderlands, which I'm really excited about in the presentation. Randy reminded everybody this is an M for Mature game, everybody, mm-hmm. um, which I think is super important, you know, to because sometimes when you get these cartoony looking games, you can forget that they have some pretty violent <laughs> themes happening in them. And um, I love that they're kind of leaning into it. Uh, the typical Borderlands humor is back in the opening sequence of the demo. We meet our trusty friend, Claptrap. Oh my who God, is so good. Who is back there. You can see him. That's just the biggest one. There's a, up at the top. That's also a Claptrap there um, on that shelf. Um, Claptrap's one of my favorite characters. You gotta lo- kind of love to hate him, or maybe mm-hmm. you just hate him, or maybe you just love him. Um, I just think he's such a fun character, and there's this like little stealth sequence that you. <laughs> oh my god, it scared the shit out of me. Oh my god, what? <laughs> I specifically asked my darling husband to bring me some Sudafed. Thank you, <laughs> because I'm <laughs> getting over this head cold. Suda, 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 dark. Oh boy, oh Sudafed. There's the producer. <laughs> Thank you, honey. That was for Steimer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, pour one out for Steimer Sudafed song. Put it in my tum tum. Tum And that's exactly what you're doing right now. She's taking that drink. Oh, it's in her tum tum. Actually, it's in her throat. Probably now going down her throat into oh, yeah. her oh, yeah. stomach. <laughs> oh, yeah. She feels it. That's what she said. I feel like this is a gigantic that's what she said moment. It really is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wake you up. Totally got distracted. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay. Back to what we were talking about. Oh, this claptrap stealth sequence. <laughs> anyway, it was it was funny because like you know he's like um, going around with like whispered singing, being like, "I'm so sneaky. I'm over here. I'm being totally sneaky." And I was just like, "Oh my god, claptrap, you're the best." Slash he is person. great. No, he's but, wonderful. But yeah, so we got to play um, for the first day. We got to play for about an hour and change, and then uh, the second day we came back and played again, and we streamed. Uh, again, if you guys missed it, uh, you can check it all out. But the gameplay just feels and looks great. And I'm just so, so, so ready for this game to just launch. Be here. You should talk about what you talked about in the ghost episode, Rip and Peace, about the level guns and how you and Fran were confused. Oh, yeah. So um, that's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. So when we watched the demo originally, because I got to watch this demo all four times because I was there for rehearsals. Um we were we were watching the demo, and what was cool about it was Fran and I both had the same thoughts at the same time. Because, of course, I was sitting next to my looter shooter buddy, and we were, like, looking at it through destiny eyes. Because it's been so long since Borderlands 2 came out. I mean, I know the pre-sequel came out a couple of years later, but even that's been several years. So we were looking at it, and we were noticing during the demo, we were like, man... There's like no bounce or kick to any of these guns. Like the reticule is just holding steady while they're holding the trigger down. And that rarely happens with entry level guns, even in high level guns. Uh, most of the guns have like some like sway to them or 
bounce, you know, the, the, the typical stats, handling, stability, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I was just like, we kind of looked at each other. We're like, that doesn't seem right. So we thought that maybe we were doing some like cheesing for the demo, maybe turn on some developer magic to make it look nicer than what it is because it's pre-release code. And they're like, well, this is what it's going to look like. It's just not there yet. And so we talked to Paul about it backstage. We're like, hey, can you like break down like like what's going on with the guns? I know it might seem like a little nerdy, but we're big FPS players. And it was really noticeable to us how smooth all the guns were. And he was like, I'm glad you noticed. Let me tell you why. (laughs) I think he was just like waiting for somebody to ask him about it. Um, And so he talked to us about how the philosophy for previous Borderlands games and really for RPGs in general, because he comes from a long RPG history of games that he used to work on, is that you start off with crappy gear, right? Like the guns used to be shit. The gear is shit. Everything's shit because you have to have somewhere to go, right? You have to have a place for improvement. And so he said, you know what? We wanted to change that philosophy up for Borderlands 3 because – Sure, crappy job or crappy guns get the job done, but it's not necessarily fun to play with them. We're like, what if we made good games, like white level good guns that you can just have fun with in the beginning? And then we still make awesome, super badass, cool fucking guns later on, but that all the guns are at least fun to play with and that nothing feels punishing. And I was like, it's such a novel idea, but such an easy one. Why has nobody thought of this? It makes so much sense for Borderlands, right? Because this game is fun and it's not trying to be like a super duper hardcore, oh my God, realistic shooter. And it's funny that you picked up on that because I didn't even pick up on it at all. I was like, oh, I, I'm actually hitting things. Wow, this is wonderful. Because when you, <laughs> when I play games like, like Call of Duty or Destiny and there's actual recoil, even... Uh, Metro to think of the latest one I'm just like no wonder my accurate I mean I have a hard enough time hitting shit anyway throwing realistic recall and I'm all over the place so it's funny that you picked up on that because I never in a million years would have ever like noticed that and thought it was a high level weapon the fact that you and Fran at the same time were like ooh what is this you nerds nerds it, it was in particular it was an SMG because generally speaking SMGs in games have a really high instability rate because you're sacrificing that for short range power because you're usually using those in like a, a prey and spray mm-hmm, spray mm-hmm. and prey I yeah, you got that it backwards. Um, <laughs> a situation where you have an enemy charging you, right? And this one just like looked great, but it's going to be hard to break myself of the notion that every white gun that comes across my path is worth my time. <laughs> just wait. After you play Borderlands, hopping back into Destiny, your accuracy, you're going to have to get used to that shit again. Oh, I know. I'm going to have to actually ha- re- like hone my skills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, aim assist forever it's the best Um, but it was cool I I think the the biggest takeaway for me overall was um, I came away much more impressed than I expected to be for the first gameplay reveal like I knew that they were going to show something interesting because it's Borderlands and I'm a big fan of this franchise and have been for a very long time and I clearly was invested because I was hosting the pre and the post show so my hype levels were higher than probably they've ever been for an event of that type because I was just so excited to be part of it. But I was just so impressed by the level of access they gave us, how much gameplay we got for our first gameplay reveal. And it really made me confident that this game is going to be successful in the fall because after, after having talked to several Gearbox employees – they were like, you know, we've never had this much time. Even Randy said it on stage. Like, we've never been given this much time from 2K to work on a game like this and be able to wait until we're ready to show it to you. Because a lot of times, you know, they have these marketing beats of like, hey, here's the date. You got to show it. You got to ship it. And they just rush things out. And he's like, we're in a great place. You know, he said to us that the game is close to being in beta and that they're just polishing from now until launch. I'm like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's so many months of polish. And if that's all they're doing is bug fixing and tweaking and balancing, that's such an incredible luxury. And, uh, you know, I also got the opportunity to talk to some people at 2K about that. I was like, you know, it's it feels like so often now 
whenever you hear stories about publishers and developers in games media, it's always something terrible. It's something negative. It's a bad relationship or something or deal that has gone sour or it's unnecessary crunch or it's this and that. And it was really nice to hear that the relationship between them has been positive for both of them. And I was actually really impressed that Greg took uh, the conversation there with Paul during our post show oh. because it wasn't part of our it wasn't part of our bullet points that we were supposed to talk about. Um, but he talked to Paul and asked him, you know, he's like, "Do you guys feel that you've been able to kind of avoid some of that crunch culture because Two K has given you the time you need to work on this game?" And he says, "Absolutely." He's like, "But the problem with being a passionate, creative person." is that if you're given more time, you're just going to make more stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? He's like, yeah, that's why deadlines are important. And while crunch is always something we try to avoid, he's like, I got to be honest, as a creative person, like sometimes I stay late because I want to, not because anybody's telling me to, and not because I'm being forced to, but because I want to work on a thing and I'm passionate about that project. And he's like, it's, he's like, he, he reminded us, I think that the crunch situation is a very nuanced conversation and everybody's experience is different one person can have a terrible like telltale like crunch experience right or maybe some of the people that had a really bad experience at like uh, like rockstar or some of these horror stories that we've heard over the last Mm -hmm. year but then there's stories of like that where they're like yo like we're not rushed we have time we're in polish we're feeling good but we just want to keep adding stuff because we love this game and we love making content and I know I've been speaking for a long time. I just wanted to say that because it it made me feel good that there are those positive stories that are out there. Yeah, no, girl, that was good. I'm glad you brought that up because I missed the uh, the post show because I was I was streaming. But that's good to hear. You yeah, were. the crunch thing, you know, not to get into it, it, comes down to if you have the option to say or if you have the option to go and you don't feel forced to do either or. Right, you're grooving, and it, this could be why this game feels so damn good. You know, the healthy culture breeds. Healthy games, I would say that, but from what we heard, Dragon Age Inquisition was a piece that was really hard to work on, and that was still a game of the year. Anyway, so my... <laughs> yeah, bummer town, man. Bummer town, bummer town. So yeah, my impressions uh, taken away from this, I first started the the demo, and the first like 10 minutes or so, I'm like, okay, you know, this looks and feels like Borderlands. You know, it didn't like immediately have me in its grasp. I'm like, this is cool. I'm going around, I'm looting everything. It's great. But then as soon as, you know, man, like that's kind of what I feel like they're all the key word here that they're using the buzzword. And damn, it's true. Because once that starts, once you have all these enemies like flanking you from side to side and you're like running and jumping and sliding and, and ducking and letting your turret harry do all the the work for you your drone i mean um (laughs) it's like oh my god this is so much fun and i had a blast playing by myself but where it really stood out was when andrea and i got to play together today in co-op it was just such a fun experience and i mean i always i personally think borderlands is better with a friend or two or three and it it was yeah not only is it like not as crazy i mean it's still crazy but it's like you don't feel like you're suffocating sometimes you know but it was awesome to be in this big arena and i'm looking behind me and she has her it's called phase grasp the or whatever it is Mm -hmm. like your big like god hand that has the badass pyromancer in its grasp and i'm able to take easy shots at it because it's not moving it's it's stuck so (laughs) my accuracy was like (laughs) 99.9 percent And so, like, it was just so. And then she's like, "Okay, I'm going over here." And then I went over here. And then we were shooting things and we we're flanking things. And it was just awesome. It was just so much fun. And the more you play, like, the less you want to stop playing. Wait, the more you play, the less you want to stop playing. I don't know if that does make sense. Yeah, basically, it just gets better and better the more you play. And the time just flew, and it, it sucked to have to stop playing that bad boy because God, it's just so much fun, and it feels so good. And uh, I want it to be September. Yeah, I'm going to lose many, many hours in oh, yeah. the the many worlds of Borderlands 3. Um, I do want to um, kind of capstone this with a conversation I had with Paul that stemmed from a question that I got from our Discord, um, which was, you know, can you ask him about clans? And so mm. I did. I asked him about clans and guild system because those are very popular. Um, but as you guys are aware... There's no PvP in Borderlands. There are no raids in Borderlands. And so when I asked him, he was like, you know, there are, there's no clan or guild system in Borderlands and we have no plans for it. But then I gave him a big pitch, you guys. I was like, Paul, come down an imaginative journey with me where 
clans and borderlands existed where people could get together and team up in co-op adventures and take on vault bosses together and by doing so they could earn shift keys that would then go to their mailbox and if their clans leveled up they could earn exclusive skins for their vault hunters i was like can you see it paul and he was like did, did like the chin, the beard stroke, and he was like, I could see it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, now go build it. <laughs> we had yes. a nice chuckle about it. But um, but in all seriousness, like I, I, I have no idea if they have any intentions of building that in. It's never been part of the Borderlands universe. It would be cool if it existed, um, but as of right now, sorry guys, no clans. Sorry. Uh, but you can jump into the the What's Good Games Discord. We've got a Borderlands channel there. You can nerd out about everything Borderlands if you guys are playing the um, Game of the Year edition or if you put in the texture packs and the upgrades for the other games and you guys are looking for some co-op Vault Hunters, of course, what's good.gg. No. That sounds yes. right. No. Yeah. Discord.gg slash what's good. There's some GGs in there. What's the GG even stand for? I've always wondered. It's like that. a it's a do, it's a domain extension oh, that tried yeah. to become a thing. There are some cool websites in the .gg. Mm. I looked at .gg for what's good, and then I was like, "That's no, no, that's that's weird." No, not Why? for us. You can get .com. Yeah, dot, dot .com's the original. Yeah, we're OGs. We're old, so we like to use <laughs> help. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about being old, but my brain just was not moving fast enough to, Listen, uh, to make it it's happen. Been a, it's been a long day. It's been a fun day. It's been a very yes. fun couple of days. Um, you've been hosting, kicking butt. I've been playing Borderlands, and it's just been awesome. But, you know, it was travel, super it's fun. exhausting. It is indeed. Um, so we're going to wrap it up. Uh, apologies again about not being able to pull up the full episode. In that episode, um, Brittany talked about her continued days gone woes, which are making her sad because she really likes the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked about how much I loved the Mortal Kombat campaign. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can kind of rehash some of those conversations next week. Um, of course, our anniversary stream is like right around the corner. And I'm going to pull up my notes here. Um, while I do that, do you want to give the folks the details on the stream days? I would love absolutely nothing more than to do that. All right. So <laughs> our Patreon streams for the month of May are going to be Friday, May 10th. That will be our after hours and our happy hour Q&A stream. We do not have a time set just yet, but that is a thing we will probably figure out uh, May 9th. And then our anniversary stream. So we're coming up on our two-year anniversary, ladies and gentlemen, which is kind of crazy and hard to believe. So our What's Good Games mm-hmm. two-year anniversary stream will be Saturday, May 11th, so the day following our Patreon streams. And it'll be fun. We're going to dig up some super old clips that I found that are from like 2017. Old school stuff. And then do some gameplay streams, maybe? We haven't really talked about it yet, but it'll be a good time. It's true. <laughs> We're still working on content planning. Yeah, we won't even lie to you and pretend like we have all everything in a row or whatever that's saying. Ducks in a row. Quack, quack. No, yeah. that's not the case. I we'll told I told the girls this uh, yesterday when I saw them. I was like, I'm going to be honest. I am woefully underprepared for this year's anniversary stream because of everything that's been going on. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't. No, no, no. See, you don't need to take the brunt of this because all of us are unprepared. This is a team effort and none of us have our shit together right now. But it's fine. It's There's been a lot going on. But we always seem to pull it together <laughs> last minute unless it's the ghost show from last night. Rip in peace. Rip in peace. Uh, we did eventually suss out what the technical problem was, but yeah, yeah. that show won't ever probably see the light of day. Um, mm. I, I did find the note that I wanted to make sure you guys know we have a special guest next week because Steimer is indeed out in Florida. So I lied to you when I said we would be back together next week. It's not true. Oh, yeah. She's on, Dang. She's uh, in Florida uh, taking care of some family stuff. And so we have special guest Kelsey Impachiche? I always screw up this name. Um, but she is a gigantic Sims YouTuber who, of course, also mm-hmm. works for BuzzFeed Blue, if you guys are familiar with that channel. Um, so we're going to get her to teach us how to pronounce her crazy <laughs> Italian last name. <laughs> I think it's Italian. Uh, when she's on the show next week, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, but until then, thanks so much for listening. Again, twitch.tv slash what's good games if you want to check out our gameplay or youtube.com slash what's good games. We love you guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.